Yeah, there it is. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Coming through you live from the Scrap Cave here for episode five. Shout out to everybody who tuned in to the first four episodes, especially our fourth episode, which had our first guest. Shout out to Sleevy for being a guest. And shout out to everybody who took the time to be patient with our trial and error. Because you know what? We a baby podcast here, so we learning as we go. The sound will continuously get better and better. The guests will continue to be better and better. And you'll be able to hear them even better as we go along. But we out here, y'all. Episode 5 coming to you live. You already know what it is. We're going to come to you with some basketball updates, baseball, football, and college football. Still trying it, y'all. They still trying it. We're going to kick things off, though. Some baseball updates. Shout out to the Marlins, man. They are still in first place. That's right. The Florida Marlins are still in first place. And every time I do a podcast, if they're still in first place, I'm going to shout them out because that shit is impressive. I don't care what nobody says. It's impressive. So shout out to the Marlins being in first place. Shout out to the Cardinals not being able to stay their ass out of the casino, which has now caused them to suspend another series. These dudes have played a grand total of five games. Y'all, they are two and three in second place, frozen in time because they couldn't keep their ass out of the casinos. And speaking about people that couldn't keep their ass out and couldn't keep their ass in. Shout out to the Cleveland Indians for having two dumb ass starting pitchers. Clevenger and Plesek. 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 That's how you say his name. These dudes decided to go to dinner. Not tell nobody. And then get on a damn team plane. And still not tell nobody that they left the hotel. So they could have infected the entire damn team if they had it. Hopefully. Thankfully as of right now it looks like they don't have it. They're just on some self-quarantine shit. They're going to miss a start each, and they'll be back at it. And it's not like the Cleveland Indians don't need them because the Cleveland Indians right now are sitting pretty in third place at 10-7. and seven. Really, they should be in second place, but somehow the Detroit Tigers are in second place 9-5. But shout out to them. So we're going to go quick with the updates here. Hey, at least we got the Yankees still up, a game and a half on the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Shout out to the Baltimore Orioles still out here going strong, man. The only two games behind. The Yankees for a top spot. Kind of impressive. In the Central, you got Minnesota up a half a game on the surprising Tigers. And they haven't even called up their big arms that they got in the system, man. They got two dudes that are, if I'm not mistaken, top 20 prospects in all of baseball. And they haven't called those guys up yet. So, shout out to them. Cleveland holding it strong with a game back. But if these starting pitchers don't get their shit together, they're going to be a lot further back. And my dark horse was the White Sox. We're not looking too good, man. We're three games back of the lead. I mean... It's 17 games in, you know, we out here, we got 43 left, but could get shaky. In the AOS, Oakland has a commanding four and a half game lead over the Houston Astros. Shout out to the bum ass Houston Astros. Talked all that shit, did all that damage when you was cheating. And the only dude raking that was there doing the cheating scandals is Correa batting over 300. My man Brantley, my man Brantley's a professional hitter. He's been doing this thing his entire career, so it's no shock to me at all that he's batting over 300. But shout out to Altuve, struggling like a motherfucker. Good thing he signed that big-ass contract. And shout out to Springer. He's in a contract year, and he's not doing much of anything at all. They deeply, deeply, deeply miss Verlander. He's gone. Granky is not enough. That bullpen is shaky at best. 
and their coaching staff. Man, these guys just keep taking L's left and right. Alex Centron gets thrown out of a game, inside to brawl, and then gets suspended for saying some reckless stuff to a dude about his mom's. Like, what, what's wrong with you, dude? Your team is highly scrutinized, all eyes on them. You got away with not having fans around to boo your ass for 60 games. And you still can't just keep your mouth shut, be a professional, take your licks, and keep it moving. That's kind of shocking to me after all this time, especially with Dusty Baker at the helm. Professional man, professional manager, been in the game for a long time, man. He knows what it is. So I kind of feel bad for Dusty, but don't feel bad for the Astros. You know what I mean? It's what happens, man. It's what happens. National League, like I said, Marlins in first place, tied with the Atlanta Braves for first place. Granted, they played eight less games, but they're still tied. Still tied for first. Got the Phillies sitting strong in second place, two and a half games back. Five and six record. All that money they invested, five and six record. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, Philadelphia Phillies fans are not happy. I know this firsthand because I live in the market. But shout out to the Phillies for doing exactly what I thought they would be do. Be bum-ass niggas. Sorry, y'all. Hopefully they get this shit together, though, because if not, the city's going to burn, especially if we don't have football. But we'll talk about that later. Shout out to the uh, National League Central. The Cubs are going strong, man. 10 and 3. Second place, like I said before, is the Cardinals at 2 and 3, followed by the Reds at 7 and 9. I mean, considering it's a 70 game or 60 game season, 13 games in, their pitching staff is collectively under a 2 5 ERA, which is amazing considering that pitching staff is so up and down the last few years. It led to Joe Madden getting fired and all the turnover they had. They have no bullpen. It's bullpen by committee at this point. Kimbrell, another terrible signing, is in shambles. Can't even close the game anymore, a la Diaz from the Mets. But somehow they're still going strong at 10-3, and three, man. It just shows what the amount of talent they had on that offense is. And these guys are coming through. You know, Bryant playing for a contract or future trade in the next year or two. Contreras, Schwarber, Hap, doing big things after being sent down last year and spending most of the time in the minors. I mean, then you got the ever-consistent, you know, Rizzo at first base being that leader. And I think, like I said before, David Ross was the right man for the job considering all the personal contacts and connections he had with those guys as a player during the championship year. And, you know, his time in the booth, I think he's really gained some good perspective. Shout-out to Aaron Judge just hitting another solo home run in the bottom of the fifth. My Yankees is out here busting the Braves' ass. That's a, that's a live update for y'all, y'all. Speaking of busting ass, Portland and Dallas are in a nail-biter, y'all. Nine minutes left in the game. 100 to 102, Mavs up, Dame Dollar is balling. Dame Dollar is balling. But shout out to the National League West. Talk about balling. You got the Rockies, the Dodgers, and the Padres all separated by two games. The Rockies, surprisingly, are leading that division. I can't name anybody on that pitching staff besides Gray. The Dodgers, with all the talent in the world, they're only a half a game back. Mookie is balling, doing this thing. That pitching staff is absolutely amazing. Shout out to Dustin May. And Julio Yaris for holding it down the back end of that rotation when they lost David Wright and Wood for the year because they opted out. So, you know what I mean? That's that's big for them. That just shows the depth they have in that rotation and in that organization. I mean, they don't even have a lot of their big guys up either that are coming up in a in the pop line, in the pipeline of uh, you know, their minor league system. So that's really impressive, man. Shout out to them. And like I said, my dark horse, San Diego Padres right there, ten and seven. 10 and 7, that pitching staff is coming together, man. That starting, starting rotation is looking good. 
the bullpen I already said was top three, top four in the entire major leagues when the season started. Machado is getting his licks in, doing what he does normally. And Tatis Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., shortstop, under 23 years old. My man is becoming a superstar and a co-face of Major League Baseball for years to come with Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. He's doing it in front of our eyes in a shortened season. He's single-handedly keeping his team beyond in contention with that Batman and that defense. It's, it's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful to watch. So if you're a baseball fan, definitely, definitely, definitely check out the Padres. They're young. They're exciting. I equate them to a Pelicans in the NBA, up-and-coming team, super exciting to watch, young, athleticism everywhere. I mean, it's super, super, super exciting. But on a sad note, and only sad for my Mets fans, bum-ass Mets, Marcus Stroman has opted out for the season, ladies and gentlemen. So, in a span of a week, they lost Cespedes, and now Stroman. Noah Syndergaard is gone for the year with Tommy John. So after DeGrom, as far as consistency, who knows, man? Who knows? And it sucks because the Mets got a good offense, man. Like I said before, I'd love to see them compete. I'd love to see them be good for the sake and sanity of all my friends. But also, if you're from New York and you're not a Yankees fan, that's your fault. You had a choice. You had a choice in the matter. It's not like all these other cities or majorities of the cities where they don't have a choice. You got one team, you got to go for them all day, every day, like the Phillies. Trash. Yankees and Mets, you got a choice. I wouldn't know why I would not pick the Yankees. But but those who make a conscious decision to follow the Mets and then stay with them all these years later, well, this is what happens. This is what happens. But season's still young. Not really. We're almost halfway through. It's going to be interesting. 16 teams make the playoffs, y'all. I'm going to keep saying that. 16 teams. It's just going to get crazy as it gets closer. Not as crazy as the fight for this 8th and ninth seed in the NBA. But you never know. You never know. Could be interesting towards the end. So shout out to baseball. Still going strong as of right now. My 30-game prediction is still holding up. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see if the Cardinals can come back. If the Indians can stop going outside. Everybody else has been pretty much doing what they need to do. Following the guidelines. Everybody's even being stricter now. We're wearing masks on the field, during the game. So hopefully, man, hopefully this is a silver lining and hopefully we can get through 60 games in a playoff so that we have at least two sports going because it doesn't look like football is going to make it through as much as they're trying to attempt this shit. I just don't see it happening. But we're going to just get back and discuss that later. Now, a message from our first sponsor, y'all. We finally got a sponsor, y'all. Nah, we don't got one. We don't got one. Damn. Damn. We almost had one. We almost had one. I was getting in good with Goya, and then that whole Trump shit happened. And now, we can't even use Goya beans. They canceled. I don't even know. How you make rice and beans without Goya products? Vita Ros. Vita Ros. Iberia. Iberia. Whatever the hell the other joints Yep. Shambles, y'all. Shambles. 2020 then took everything from us, and just when you thought they couldn't take anymore, they took Goya. Fuck. Seriously? Some bullshit. We'll be right back. 
after these messages from the sponsors that we don't have. Yeah, yeah. Man, I would have known that. I would have jumped right into it. Damn, we got me. My engineer got me, y'all. All All right, here we go. College football is still trying it, y'all. Really still trying it. So we're going to start off with the positive. First of all, shout out to the Supreme Court, Supreme Court Justice Kagan, more specifically, for denying the request by the NCAA to not acknowledge a ruling from a lower court which sided with the players, allowing them to profit off their likeness, their name, while playing the sport. Now, the details obviously have to be ironed out about what kind of percentage, what's gonna, what they can and can't profit from, etc. But the greatest news about that whole thing is that if there is a season at all, then they're able to profit as soon as the season starts. So shout out to the Supreme Court for doing that. Finally, we got a good good W for college football. Second good W of the day for college football, the Big Ten and the Pac-12. These guys had emergency meetings yesterday and today. They took the advice of the medical experts that they rely on, and they have postponed the fall football season, not canceled it right now, but they've at least postponed it. Why? Because the liability is too great. The liability on the universities, more specifically on the presidents of those universities, who supersedes the athletic directors, the coaches, and the players themselves, from the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have deemed that liability to be too Costly. That is huge, y'all. That is huge. But just when you think everybody else will fall in line with that, not so fast, my friends. Not so fast, as my man Lee Corso would say. The ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC are still planning to play, releasing 11 and 10 game schedules respectively, which is fucking nuts. What even makes it crazier, and this hurts me because I'm a Duke fan, and so Duke and Duke Medical align closely, is that an ACC medical director from Duke University came out in an article and stated that he believes strongly, although it would be costly and extremely risky, that they could get through an entire season safely via testing, via social distancing, etc. So here's the thing that is crazy to me. The NCAA in no way, shape, or form is unified, right? The Power Five conferences have tried and wanted to for forever to break away from the other smaller conferences for football and also for basketball because those are the conferences, the Power Five conferences make the most money for the schools. Now, instead of just being unified, right, because we're all getting the same medical reports, now you could not agree from one expert to the next, but one thing that you can agree on is that if somebody does get sick, the lasting effects are unknown and can be devastating. Yet, these guys are not willing to find common ground and align themselves 
to say, hey, you know what? Maybe it's smart that we postpone the season. Not that we cancel it, that we postpone it until we figure out what a college campus is going to look like when fall semester starts. And some of these schools do allow their students to come back onto campus, to live in dorm rooms, to live offsite in other, you know, in, in apartments and offsite housing, et cetera, and still have to mingle day to day in classrooms with athletes, football, basketball, baseball, and every other sport that's still allowed to play and will participate at least within their the confines of their their school, right? Because they're they're scholarship athletes, so they're gonna have to at the very least train and practice, right? Whether they play or not, that's a different story. But they're at least gonna have to go through that routine and still mix and mingle with their friends who are probably not athletes, right? So instead of just erring on the side of caution for a few seconds, just be like, hey, let's just see how that shit plays out. And if everything goes well, maybe we'll start the season later. Maybe we'll start the season over Christmas break where usually basketball starts. All right, we'll just have it all mashed up together and football and basketball start, whatever. Or maybe we'll just postpone it all to spring semester, right, when there's not too many sports on anyway. So it's perfect. Nah, 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 nah. That shit is dead, according to the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12. And the ACC and the SEC are the big boys. I mean, that's where most of the NFL prospects, most of the... Uh, first and second round talent comes from. So I understand from a monetary standpoint, from a athletic standpoint of you wanting to play as a player, you wanting to you know be able to show out and showcase your talents. Maybe your tape wasn't good last year and you need to get some good tape on yourself this year so that you can you know increase your draft portfolio and your prospects and therefore, therefore increase your money or your money potential, right? I get that, but is that shit worth you getting COVID. And let me give you some context. Did a little bit of research, which I don't like doing, but I did it because I don't have a statistician yet. Shout out to the statistician that I will one day have. That's right. And I won't have to do this shit. But I did some research. So check this out. The average COVID bill ranges from 300000 to $1.5 million, Right. That's just for the average person to stay at a hospital. So for every day that you stay in the ICU, they're charging you around $9,736. Every day you got to be on a ventilator. $2,835. Miscellaneous cost can average anywhere between Fifteen hundred and three thousand dollars. Miscellaneous. A day. Miscellaneous. She rubbed that nigga feet. I guess you know. Listen, catheter, not catheter. I don't. You know, there's a lot of things that go down when you're in the ICU, man. So either way, that bill can be pretty hefty, right? And even let's say you have good insurance, right? Let's say your insurance takes care of the majority of that bill. Okay, cool. The fact that you could incur a cost of anywhere between. Three hundred thousand to one point five million dollars in medical bills for catching a disease that you have no control over at all, right? It's kind of fucking crazy and extremely scary. Now imagine being an eighteen to twenty-two year old individual whose parents may or may not have medical insurance or good medical insurance, right? This all goes back to why the player coalition from the Pac-12. And the Big Ten, the two conferences that have postponed, by the way, 
their season were requesting and demanding that if they were going to be made to play, that they were guaranteed that their medical bills would be addressed for years after they were done playing college football, right? Because nobody knows what the lasting effects are. However, there have already been three to five cases of college athletes that have tested positive for COVID, then went through the protocol, and then were cleared, and then later found out they needed open-heart surgery because of the lingering effects of COVID. Open heart surgery. Imagine what the medical bills on that is. Imagine the complications that can arise from that surgery, right? All things considered equal, imagine the complications. Now put in the COVID protocols and the limited resources and limited supplies, etc. The shortage of staff. And you want these kids, these kids to play college sports for the sole benefit of the school's pockets. That's it. No other reason but for the school's pockets. I don't know about you, but that's fucking crazy. That's absolutely fucking crazy and asinine. And I say shame on you, ACC. Shame on you, SEC. And shame on you, Big 12, for not postponing your season. Now, I heard all about it today from Nick Saban, from Scott Frost from Nebraska and how those kids are overwhelmingly safer on college campuses, in their training rooms with their staff, going through their routines of training every day, having that structure as opposed to being at home, being allowed to do whatever the hell you want with no monitor, you know, no, not being monitored, et cetera. I get that. And that is all 100% accurate, I'm sure, right? Structure is better than non-structure any day of the week when it comes to you being young and enjoying your adolescence. But at the end of the day, if you're a college athlete, you really don't get to enjoy your adolescence. And you've given that up when you sign that contract to go ahead and get that scholarship, right? So that's the reality of it. So I get that part of it. However, these guys still have to play a sport where they're bleeding on each other. They're sweating on each other. They're coughing on each other. They're talking shit face to face, literally face to face with nothing separating them with a mask. Now, everything about the COVID protocols and social distancing go in complete contrast to the sport of football. Complete contrast. Six feet away, wear a mask. Don't cough on people. People are literally getting shot in supermarkets. Let's play free ball football. For being asked to wear a mask and refusing. Think about that. That shit is crazy, and you want these guys to play football. And why? I'm going to tell you why. Here are the list. The 15 most profitable schools in 2019. College football, y'all. Nebraska, 471.6 million dollars. Wisconsin, 474.6 million dollars. Penn State, 518.8 million dollars. Texas A&M, 540.9 million dollars. And that's after they spent a whopping 75 million dollars on renovation. That was their profit. Florida, million. Tennessee. Tennessee. Bum-ass Tennessee. $727.8 million. LSU, last year's national championship. 
1.4 mil. Auburn, 871.9 mil. Oklahoma, 885.5 mil. Georgia, $891 million. The top five, Notre Dame, $913.4 million. Michigan, $924.6 million. Alabama, $1.1 billion. Ohio State, $1.05 billion. And number one, Texas. Trash Texas, who hasn't done anything significant in the last few years. $1.1 billion, ladies and gentlemen. That is why they want an, uh, an NCAA football season to begin. That's why they want to play at least 10, 11 games to get that television money, that billions of dollars in TV deal. Now, let's break this down even further. People have asked, these players have asked to have guaranteed health services provided for them past their three to four year playing career in college football, okay? Now, the rosters fluctuate between 75 and 85 athletes on an active roster per game. So let's just say 75 student athletes on a football field per game, right, at the least $300,000 in incurred medical bills for one hospital stay, that would cost each institution, $22.5 $22.5 million for one hospital stay for each player, right? They don't want to front that bill. They don't want to front that bill. That's what a Pac-12 was like, now nah, we good. Postpone that shit. Big Ten, nah, 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 we good. Postpone that shit. That goes to show you how much money these other three conferences have to say, we want all that money, and by the way, we're not cutting you that check because we don't agree with any of that shit. And none of those conferences have had player coalitions make demands. They just want to play football. They just want to play football, which is fucking ridiculous. So shout out to the NCAA for continuing to be the scumbags of America. But more specifically, shout out to the ACC, which pains my heart because I'm a Duke Blue Devil fan all day, every day. But that's basketball. It's a completely different sport. Shout out to the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC for going forward with a college football season as of right now. Still not being 100% transparent in testing protocols or the number of people that have tested positive or what they plan on doing if somebody tests positive during the season or in the middle of a game, etc., etc. Shout out to them. Shout out to not having any plan of attack that's been publicized with what a mask will look like or what a helmet would look like with a mask on it shout out to all of these people that are ultimately doing all this shit to make these billions of dollars that they're set to make thanks to these tv deals and the college athlete gets what a scholarship ranging anywhere between 40 and eighty thousand dollars depending on the institution and a stipend which according to most people in most articles don't even allow you to have enough money to eat at Chipotle more than three times a week. Way to go, America. Way to go, American education system. Way to go, American parents. You guys are fucking doing it. 
doing it. Again, I don't want to hear shit if this season gets started from any of these parents who's, God forbid, their kids get sick. Now they want to sue everybody. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it at all. You guys are all complicit in letting this stupid shit happen. So shout out to the Pac-12 and the Big Ten for at the very least being like, we don't want this liability and we're not trying to pay y'all. Because at least you're saying you care enough about the students to not put them in harm's way, even though it's going to affect your pockets and the pockets of your institution. So I at least commend you for that shit. And for everybody else, y'all can go kick rocks. Go kick rocks. Or go play cornhole with Trump. Whatever you want to do. I don't even care. Because you're that insignificant to me at this point. So shout out to you and your worthlessness. I'm tight. I'm tight. I need a writer's tears. I need writer's tears right now. That's it. I need writer's tears. We're going to commercial break. I need writer's tears. Cue that elevator music. Engineer. Elevator music, please. Donnie, lowrider, lowrider Donnie, this dude never listens to me, we'll be right back y'all. Right? Killing me, absolutely killing me, but you know what's not killing me? Motherfucking NBA. killing me small. Yo, shout out to the fucking bubble and the ballers in the the bubble. Thank you, NBA. Just, just thank you. You have, you've made this podcast possible. You've given me sanity. Ah, oh, just, yeah. just man, man. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, NBA. Once again, delivering me action as I need it. Delivering all of us action, sanity, escape, whatever you need, whatever you want. The NBA delivers in. And out of the bubble. So. Sixers. Whew. Sixers, man. It was a tough week for y'all. Tough week for y'all. First Simmons goes down. Spoke about that last time. And B gets hurt. Now y'all just playing with a G League type team. But shout out to y'all. Y'all were competitive today. Still falling to the Suns. But hey, you hung in there for a while. Hung in there for a while. Shout out to Devin Booker, man. We spoke about this last time as well, but Devin Booker really is balling. The Suns are balling. 7-0 in the bubble. Three-way tie right now for eighth place. The Grizzlies are struggling. The Blazers, Grizzlies, Suns all tied with the Spurs half a game back. The end of this week is going to be so... So dope. So dope. So many things can happen. The Grizzlies can solidify the A spot with a win. They could fall out completely with an L. If the Suns and the Blazers win, if one of those teams lose, the Grizzlies lose and the Sun and the uh, Spurs win, now they get a, get a chance to extend their postseason streak. Oh my God, it's so much madness for the... Eighth and ninth spot. I kind of feel bad. I wish we could just omit the last two teams in the East. Put the other two teams from the West that don't make it into the playoffs on that side. Put them into the East and just let it all ride out, man. Let's just get crazy. Let's just get crazy. 
like D-Book and Damian Lillard. Shout out to Damian Lillard. 61 points today. D-Book had over 30 again. These two gentlemen are balling. If there's a bubble MVP, Damian Lillard, y'all. Bubble MVP. Bumble MVP, 1,000%. My all-bubble team, I'm going to name that in a little while. Actually, no, nah, fuck that. We're going to do that shit right now. Off the cup. Off the cup. Off the cup. Bubble, starting five, and six, man. In no particular order, in no particular position. We're going Dame Dollar. I'm going Jason Tatum. I'm going Luka Doncic. I'm going D-Book. Book might be the MVP. I'm going TJ Warren. And at the sixth spot, Gary Trent Jr., y'all. Gary Trent Jr., that's right. I said it because he's a Duke product, and he done came up, killing the game, having great games throughout the bubble, keeping the Blazers alive. That's my starting six, y'all. Five plus one. I don't care if you don't like it. Come up with your own podcast and go ahead and give your own or a bubble team. If you ain't got a podcast, you want to come on mine, well, hit up my engineer. If you're mad, start your own shit. I'll follow you, though, because it's all love. It's all love and COVID. But all right, it's getting crazy. It's getting crazy. The Nuggets' young core, man. Listen, Jokic comes back 60 pounds lighter, balling out, playing great. Murray comes back this week. That They get finally get the team almost healthy. They're missing about one or two pieces. But in their absence, shout out to Ball Ball, straight balling Manute Ball's son. Out here just hooping, man. Fucking hooping. 7-2, can handle, go coast to coast, can shoot the three. Like the African Porzingis. Will his knees hold up? We're going to find out. But right now, that's looking like a steal of a draft pick. And shout out to Michael Porter Jr., man. Finally coming into his own. He was number one draft pick. Slated to be anyway before he hurt his back. They held him out. Got him healthy. And this kid is absolutely balling. We touched on it last time when my man Sleevy was here in the building. But really, man, Michael Porter Jr. is out here just having game after game after game. Efficient. He's long. He's athletic. He's smooth with the rock. Man, man, I tell you what. I tell you what, man. The Nuggets. Maybe not this year. Who's moved the rock? Jay. Jay Hover? Jay Shout out to Jay Hover. Super side note. Linking up with Long Island University, I believe. Starting to hold his own little like music section. Shout out to you, Jehove. Man, Hove, you out here, baby. You clearing up niggas' debt, paying sick niggas' taxes, getting dudes lawyers. Man, you out here, Hove. You out here. Shout out to you, baby. But anyway, back to the NBA and the bubble. The Lakers, the Lakers better be watching out as to what's going on in these playoff push because I tell you what, the Lakers get the bad matchup. They're going to be in trouble, man, because after you go past LeBron and AD, the rest of that team is super fucking suspect. Super suspect. Not as suspect as LeBron's hairline. But, super suspect, nonetheless. So, Lakers, man. Lakers, you better be watching out as to what's going on with that 
that A spot, bro. Because depending on who lands there, whoo, whoo, that could be trouble. And the Clippers, as deep as they are, listen, if they don't get Montrez Harrell back before the playoffs start, they could expend a lot more energy than they want to with that number two and seven matchup. I'm not saying they're going to lose. They still got Kawhi Leonard. They still got Paul George. They still got Lou Williams, Magic City, Pat Beverly. They got a squad. But if you have to expend a lot of energy in that first round, anything can happen, man. Injuries, playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. Man, listen, listen. If I was dumb, I wouldn't be stressed. But I would be very, 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 very into whoever gets that seven seed. It's going to be super interesting, man. It's going to be super, super interesting. But shout out to the Suns again. Big win over the 76ers. 7-0. Shout out to the Celtics. Putting the ass open on the Grizzlies. Jason Taylor and Jalen Brown balling out. Gordon Hayward getting his ankle right. Dunking on people with two hands today. Woo! Woo! Going here, we're looking good, y'all. Portland Trailblazers, Mavericks. That game was super entertaining. Super entertaining. My man Dame Dollar and the Blazers pull it out in the end. Big shots from Melo. 61 from Dame Dollar. Great contributions from the rest of the team. Good defense at the end. Clutch free throw shooting. Man, that was a good game to watch. That was a good game to watch. Shout out to the Spurs, man. The Rockets were minus. Harden, but had everybody else. The Rockets are still minus LaMarcus Aldridge, who hasn't come back. Opted out of the bubble. And they're out here balling, man. They're out here balling, man. They, these guys, they're getting better and better. The young guys are getting more and more experience. That Lonnie Walker and Deontay, Deontay Murray backcourt, man, that looks good. That looks good for years to come. That kid Johnson, another problem, Jakob Pertl, who they got from Toronto, and that trade that also came over with DeMar DeRozan, man, that kid is that kid is coming into his own. It just it's a testament to what the Spurs do from a development standpoint. They still got Patty Mills. Man, that's a team you just don't want to see in a playoffs period because Pop. Pop is probably one of the best coaches in the West. Actually, he might be the best coach in the West. If you really think about it, hands down. And if you get him in the, in the series, anything can happen, man. With that team, they got nothing to lose. Young as hell, energetic as hell, fresh legs. Man, that'll be interesting. That'll be super, super interesting. Shout out to the Nobody Cares games. Nets and the Magic. Nobody cares. Nets got that W. But nobody cares. Pelicans and the Kings are tied up right now, 69-69. Shout out to the Pelicans being the fucking disappointment of the bubble. Both teams were officially eliminated this week. The Pelicans and the Kings. The Kings had no expectations or aspirations of really making the playoffs. They were just there to satisfy some TV deals. But the Pelicans, man. The Pelicans, man, J.J. Redick had that streak on the line. What was it, 13 years? 13 years. They had a healthy team. Minus fat-ass Zion. And it pains me. I'm going to say this all the time. It pains me to talk shit about Zion Williamson, especially because I am a Duke fan. But you can't be vying for the face of the NBA moving forward and come back out of four months of a vacation when you had opportunity to train 
People losing weight left and right, and you come back fat. Man, I am still highly pissed off about that. You come back fat. If I was Coach K, I would send him a very, very strong text message, worded very professionally, as only Coach K knows how to. I would throw in some aspirational, inspirational texts, some context from his military days at West Point, and I would just dig into Zion's ass and let him know that this shit is unacceptable. If I was J.J. Redick, I'd do the same exact thing. If I was B. Ingram, considering the leap he's taken this year, I would get into his ass as well because he done cost Alvin Gentry his job. That dude's getting fired. David Griffin is going to come in with his own coach. He inherited this dude. He's got one winning season in five years. I just don't see Alvin Gentry making it past this year. If he does, it's going to be a real short leash, man. So if Tyron Lue or Jay Kidd don't get a job this summer, they're going to have that Pelicans job waiting for them. David Griffin knows them both very well. They're both very highly thought of in regards to player development. And that team, I'm telling you, that team's another team just like the 76ers where I think if you put the right coach in place, they could really take off all of the Warriors. Not nearly as dominant. They just don't have enough superstars yet. But I think they can really do it. And speaking of the 76ers, Stop. all I'm going to say is this. I'm not going to shit on the team because I still think they got mad talent. I still think they can make a very, very significant run in the playoffs, especially now since they don't have to worry about whose team it is since Simmons ain't going to be there. It's strictly on Joel Embiid, and we touched on that last podcast. But I'm telling you this. Whatever happens, if they get an early exit, Brett Brown is gone. Gone. He should have been gone. And also, if they play well, Ben Simmons is gone. Nope. They're not going to get rid of Embiid. Nope. I can't see them getting rid of Embiid. I hope they would. Not getting rid of nobody. I'm just telling you. Ben Simmons is going to go. They're going to get a plethora of draft picks and compensation a la the Paul George trade. Look at what the Thunder's doing, man. Look at what Thunder's doing. They got rid of him. They bought in Chris Paul. All those young legs. Shea Gildress Alexander. Shout out to Shea Gildress Alexander. Balling. Listen, listen, if I was 76, I'd pull that, pull that trade, pull it off. He wants to be in Lala anyway. He wants to be somewhere else. He don't want to be in Philly. He would love to be in LA. He would love to be in LA. Like Not to be with Kendall no Miami. more. Because she done changed, she done turned he wants out. A big market where it's going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think he wants to be in LA. Philly, Philly's too gritty for him. Yeah, you know what? Philly too gritty for me, man. That's some real shit. Get me out of here, yo. How long you been here? <laughs> Mister! How long Mister! You been here? Get me out of here. God, I'm tired of the John and the young ball and the John and the young ball. Those are the only two and words. cheesesteaks. Oh, I like the cheesesteaks, though. I like cheesesteaks. I like the good food, too. Good food scene in Philadelphia, man. Shout out to Philadelphia and the food scene. Shout out to these bum-ass 76ers. Shout out to the bum-ass Phillies. Ah, you guys stress me out. You guys stress me out because you stress my friends out. Like the Mets and the Jets. Stressing. All my friends out. Y'all all in the same sentence. No, we're not the same. Yes, it is. It's like the Yankees and the everybody Mets else. The Mets and the Jets, Eagles and the Phillies, yep. it's not the same. Might as well be. No. Might as well be. <sighs> it's like when they ask you, who's your favorite child, right? And you don't really don't have one, and you just don't say nothing. 
That's what happens if you talk about those four teams in the same category. Hey, hey, who you like better? Oh, the Philly team. Oh, you're just gonna, you're not gonna listen to me? You're just gonna ignore me? No, not you. New York has options. Philly has options too. You could choose to no. not like them. No, <laughs> I'm just saying you could choose to not like them. But shout out like, to the Philly NBA. Philly is our only child, right? Philly's the only child. Philly's the only child. This is the only child. New York. You got the Mets and the Yankees. Obviously, you went with the Yankees. I mean, I don't have siblings, so right? to me, it was the Yankees or it was the Yankees <laughs> or nothing. Damn! Thanks for bringing up a touchy subject and in my heart. You got the Knicks and the Mets and the Nets. Technically, now the Nets are in Brooklyn. Yeah, right? yeah. Before they were and a Jersey right now, team. You got KD, so you don't have the Nets. I mean, even if you didn't have KD at the Nets, you would still go with the Nets because the Knicks haven't done anything for you but give you heartbreak for like the last twenty years. I uh, maybe fifteen years. Longer than that. 15 years. They had Melo for a little bit. They had a bum ass and washed Amari Stoudemire. Yeah, Aaron Judge out here crushing balls. 430 feet. Ow. Ow. But yeah, yo, shout out to the NBA bubble, man. You guys are really coming through for us from a sports standpoint, from a mental standpoint. We really appreciate you. I don't know what's going on in the NFL. Right now, they just letting everybody else get all the headlines. Training camp has started. But they're not really coming out with much stuff. Everybody is kind of staying quiet. They're just trying to get to that start line. They're just trying to get to that first game. And I think if they get to the first game, then everybody will be so excited about fantasy football that they won't care about anything else when it comes to COVID or testing protocol or anything of that nature. And I'm going to tell you this right now. If the NFL makes it to week two, I'm going to be locked in on fantasy football hard. Hard. I play in about four leagues. We're going to do at least three fantasy football podcasts on some the league type shit with the rest of, the rest of my knucklehead-ass friends. We may add a, an, extra, an extra one every week just because of fantasy. We might have to do that. We might have to do that because right now, fantasy football would really, really, really provide some mental peace, man. Some mental r and I'll tell you that much. And I'm looking forward to having the first pick in somebody's draft so I can take... My man Christian McCaffrey. And if I get a pick in another draft that's a two-quarterback league, I'm taking my man Pat Mahomes. And if I get anything less than the seventh pick, I'm going to cry because it's shambles. Shambles. Unless you're in a snake draft and you get that back-to-back. Oh, God. Come on, fantasy football. Come on, football. Come on, football. I'm rooting for you. I talk mad shit about you the first four podcasts, but on some real shit, I'm rooting for you because that would be absolutely awesome and the complete opposite of house hunting which is a straight shit show, y'all. Oh, my God. Guys, girls, get a house. Love it. Stay in it. Don't ever try to move. Fucking market right now. It's crazy. Nope. It's so annoying. So annoying. I just want to be done with this shit. And start a podcast. Right. Except my cave is going to move. I'm going to have multiple caves. Ooh, speaking of multiple caves, y'all, we got some good footage from a random experience. That we had on Saturday. I'm going to show you what happens when my friends get together. Fantasy football friends. And they start talking about stuff. When they have one too many monkey shoulders. You got a monkey on your shoulder? You're going to say some shit. I'm just letting you know. It's going to be hilarious. If El Godito Productions ever wakes up from his nap. That he's been taking since last week. And push that shit. It's going to be fire. It's going to be fire. Shout out to JJ Reddick. For starting his own podcast. 
It's a good look. Ownership is beautiful. We did it, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 5 is in the books. The audio was popping. The Yankees. Another dub. Oh, I know. I know. I just wanted to let it marinate because I don't think the Phillies won. And the Mets sure as hell didn't win. 2-1 to the Nationals. Woo! Shout out to that, man. My, my day is going hella well. And it's only Tuesday. A couple more days and I'm on vacay. Ow. So shout out to everybody who's getting through their week. Appreciate all you guys and girls that are listening. Hope everybody's staying safe. Everybody's staying blessed. And as always, mask up. Today, we sponsored a few things. I know I sponsored Chick-fil-A. Wegmans, they took some of my money too. This episode was brought to you by Writer Tears, y'all. Writer Tears Whiskey. Actually pretty good. Actually pretty good. Right? Not bad. Chocolate and almonds. Chocolate and almonds. That's what they got in the back of the description? Yeah. That shit sounds magically delicious. Yeah. Tell you that much. Alright, so shout out to White. Shout out to Writer Tears. You out here, you got my engineer all up in his fears. Woo! My my engineer about to he about to cry. Hold on. It says it says nose and bold, right? Nose and bold. And then it says flashes of apple. Okay. With hints of vanilla and honey. Ooh. Over a distinctively Irish pot still base. Okay. Now it says taste and bold. Taste and bold. All right. Gently spiced with a burst of ginger and butterscotch. Okay. With background notes of toasted oak. I'm married, yo. Trying and to bag me? Finish, finish and bold. Oh, he's trying to bag me. Long. Wow. Elegant. You had to say it like that? With subtle notes of milk, chocolate, and almonds. Oh, my God. This dude just read that whole thing with the craziest. He looked like the Grinch with that big ass <laughs> smile. Damn. Yeah, Riders Tears might be it. Riders Tears done turned him out. My engineer is turned out, y'all. Listen, we love Irish whiskey over here. Ooh, we love Irish whiskey. We love Irish food. We love everybody. This is an inclusive podcast to the world, Craig. To the world. And we are out, ladies and gentlemen. Episode five in the books. Scrap Cave. See you soon, y'all. See you soon.